Come correct. Good morning, Vietnam. All right, Bay listeners, we're on episode number nine. This is Liam. I got with me Mike O'Donnell. Say what's up, Mike. How's it going, guys? And then we have a new guest, CJ Pelosi. Say what's up, CJ. Howdy. So a little background on CJ. CJ was one of the original members of Broken Arrow before it was even Broken Arrow. He had an injury that kind of kept him out of the loop this year, but he's going to be back in it for 2020. So we have him on. He's got a lot of stuff that he contributes to the Broken Arrow cause, so we're glad to have him. So, yeah, let's uh, let's jump into this, guys. Uh, this is kind of like our slow season because Nam Soft is over. But we have three events coming up. Uh, we have the Path to Rag- uh, sorry, the Ragnaroker 2 event coming up. Uh, we have Steel Cog 3 coming up. And then we also have a World War II event at GZA to finish out the year. Let's briefly talk about Ragnaroker 2, Wrath of Skull. It's November 9th at Soft Air, New Jersey. We, I know we bounced around and waited a little too long to find a venue, but since Cookies closed down, that was where it originally was going to be. Cookies closed down, and now we're trying new fields and we're using Soft Air. So we need we need registrations, just like every other event. It's it's so hard to plan without knowing the exact number and we understand that we're never going to get an exact number to who's actually going but it does help to get a general idea um we have op four for this and currently right now we have way more op four than uh players so we need players we need people i need to know who's going to be on the vocal defense force mike scott is what gun are you using this uh this time mike um I'm not sure yet, actually. All right, so I'll probably be machine gunning kids of that, some type. Well, that's what I, I assumed you were going with. So I mean, yeah, this yeah, guy's yeah. got a machine gun waiting for all of us. Oh yeah. So we need the numbers to like hunt us. Let me see if I can get the stoner up. Actually, it would be cool. That would be good. That'd yeah. be good. I think it's a laser beam. Yeah. Um, we even have another role playing faction uh, called the uh, Terror Scenario Group. They're kind of like the uh, GSG nine of Volkland. They're like an anti-terrorist unit. And to give a little bit of backstory of what the operation is going to be, is the TSG are pinned down by the Fangs of Fenrir and other rebel uh, organizations. And the VDF task force is going to pretty much break into the held town or area and relieve the TSG. So, I mean, we have... a. A lot of moving parts that are already done. That we really just need the players, which is usually the easiest thing to get. Yeah. And I, it's so weird. People like wait till the last minute to sign up. Yeah. So, but the the Ragnarok events have been pretty successful. Dude, they're awesome. Yeah. I I have fun That's every great. single time. Yeah. They're they're great. Yeah. But we had a good turnout last time. Yeah, we had uh, I think forty VDF and about I think it was about fifteen to twenty thanks. Yeah, it didn't seem like that many because we were spread out. You know, the fangs were spread out a decent amount. Yeah, yeah. You know, we would like come across like cells of like three guys, and they would like take out a few of us. We eventually like roll them, and then we come across. It, it was such a great event. That oh, we had a great one, time, man. Yeah, that first one was so good. Um, no one quit the entire day. It's like insane. I know we talked about this a couple months ago on the uh, recap, but like no one backed out. It's just yeah. You never hear of that. You no, never... it's no, that's unheard of. Yeah, even people who had like broken guns, like their guns broke down, they still stayed in the fight and they like were helping people, like passing ammo and stuff. It was like, it, it was something I'd, I've never seen in like airsoft. Yeah, really cool. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, on 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 our side, oh CJ. Yeah, to add to that, you know, I think uh, in this region, when somebody's either not having like the their expectations met or if they're having gear malfunctions just with the way the terrain is and everything we're like you know what i don't feel like humping up this next hill but with the way that the ragnarok series went 
even back when they were with Anchor and Star, now that's back with Bay. Like, people just enjoyed this event because it was different than everything else. It wasn't just a, a BB fest, but you had that little bit of immersion that we get with our Nomsoft events. And there's just a little more um, of a, more of a mental game, like a mental chess game when you're playing these games that you have to think about a little more than just let's just run down this field and find cover and shoot the bad guys. It's yeah. just so much more that goes on in the Ragnarok series. Yeah, I mean, it's more than shooting. It's And like you said, and I know we said in the past, like, this really is like an intro, like a modern intro to how our Vietnam events are. Yeah. And that's really what we, I don't know, it's not like a secret, um, like a secret uh, motive we have, but it kind of is where we're like, we want people to experience the event like this and be like, oh, you know what, this is kind of cool. And we were like, well, come to our Vietnam events. This It's this times 100. Yeah. You know, we want people to to really convert over to Nomsoft in the end, I guess it is, a, it is a secret motive for us. And fuck it. Right. Yeah. We care, like we're, it is, it is. Um, obviously well, this, this, is, this is our sauce. This is like that base sauce that we're just sprinkling all over everything. Like how many events did we go to? Where we're like, Hey, this was a good event. We had a lot of fun at this venue, but it needed something a little more. And once we figured out what that little more was, we started applying it to the Vietnam events and then we said we can do this with with other with other eras, you know. That we don't have to limit us to you know the '60s and '70s here. Let's do this with a modern fictional series. Yeah. And you brought out the Ragnarok series, and it's been a huge success. And like you said, it's this is like an entry into what Broken Arrow is. And once people get the taste of this, a lot of people that come to the Ragnarok series, they end up slowly bringing themselves into the Vietnam series just to see what more we have to offer. Because we're not just like a um, you know, one trick pony here. I'd be like, oh, Vietnam's our thing, and that's it. We have so much more to offer to all kinds of players, and this is this is really the way that we bring them in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the system works for multiple themes, and you know, we if we if we had a better commitment to World War Two, we could do something just like our Vietnam events with World War Two. Yeah. Um, I think in a few years we'd be able to like. Bring the World War II community back together. Because when I started doing Immersive Airsoft, the World War II community was actually pretty strong. I mean, that's what got me into Immersive Airsoft in the first place. Yeah, I remember um, you telling me. You, you you really started out with World War II before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what, like, reenacting-wise, it was World War II. I mean, my, my kid is shit, but, like, yeah. that that's why I wanted to start out in the first place. And then... I got into Vietnam, and that kind of turned into the obsession. And yeah. uh, but at the same at the same time, I, I started doing Vietnam as when like the Northeastern uh, World War II airsoft community kind of fractured apart really hard, um, and now everything is kind of separate. It's kind of weird. And um, yeah, it's so it's so weird because it's I've noticed it's like smaller little groups. Like there's a group at GZA. Yeah. Then Zulu started to do it, and then there's us who's like kind of jump around. So we get like. Yeah. Parts of like, and it's like I don't even think it's like people were like, oh, I don't like those guys, I don't do it. I don't think they no. know about them. They yeah. don't know about the events, it's, which is weird because there's the World War Two, the Airsoft Association, the yeah. message boards, and we own that. And that yeah, we're, and now we're, we're moderators yeah. on yeah. Um, the the Facebook page, which has like a thousand felt Like it's we insane. should yeah, we should we should really think about utilizing it. Yeah, better. yeah, trying to like get this community back together. Yeah. Well, anyways, back to back to Ragnarok or two. Yeah. The reason why we chose to do a modern thing is a modern theme with the system that we use for Vietnam mm. is because everyone has modern gear. That leads me to the the equipment standards. Um, if you're on the VDF, that's the Volkland Defense Force, whether you're on the the Bergstiger or the Luftbarn units, you need a helmet, proper camo, pants and top matching. And a plate carrier with an AR, or as we call it, a NATO rifle. And not don't get cute with like, oh, can I use my G36? It's NATO. It's like, no. We want an AR. So M4s, uh, 416s, M27s. Uh, even the even the Crytac uh, ARs are fine. Um, we really we're pushing for everyone to look like a uniform force instead of a rabble of pickup. You know, Sunday pickup game uh, airsofters. Mm-hmm. So, 
And as always, all of the information that you need for your kit is on the Bay website and on the Facebook page and the event page. So please go take a long read. And if you have a question, it's probably wrong. <laughs> or it's probably answered. Yeah. It's probably answered. <laughs> yeah, if your question's not answered, it's you're asking the wrong thing. <laughs> but that's not to say we, we are trying to dissuade you from no, no, no. asking questions. We'd rather you ask a question. Us answer it and you fix your shit, whatever you need to, instead of just assuming that you're okay and you show up with the wrong shit. And pisses us off. It, yeah. Honestly, before the last Ragnarok, I was like, man, I, like, I'm getting pissed off because people, a lot of people didn't follow some of the standards. And I'm like, like why is this bothering me? And it's it's like, it bother, it does bother me. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. Because yeah. we're trying to be something different. You know, We've always said from the get-go, we want to be different. Yeah, you know, and um, I don't know. Just follow the standards. That's all. That's yeah. all. I, I mean, you saw me after Mac. I was like, I know, out of my mind. I know. We'll get there though. Yeah. This uh, twenty twenty, we'll get there. Yeah. I don't know. So CJ, you have anything else to say about the Ragnarok series? Come correct. That's I my line. Harp it on. We say whether it's for Hamsoft or modern or whatever, but come correct. Right. And you guys just hit it on the head. There's so many resources out there through different Broken Arrow channels on social media and the website that there's so many resources and you can just direct messages if you have any questions and we will answer them in a timely manner. Yeah, I think we have a, like an 11-minute uh, response rate on uh, Facebook. Yeah. I try to keep that up. Yeah, so used to be better. It used to be better. <laughs> it used to be like a minute. Yeah, be, it was, yeah. No, like I think there's like people who like will message us like, one o'clock in the morning, so like we're not answering until like seven, you know. So yeah, it kills our time. But yeah, screw you guys for, <laughs> yeah, for messing up our response. You fucking night owls. Yeah, so, get some sleep. Yeah, I mean that's 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 really the brief discussion about uh, Ragnarok two Wrath of Skull. Mm-hmm. That's November 9th at Soft Air, New Jersey. Um, we've never used the field before, so we're really excited to try something new. I've never been there. Yeah, me neither. Um, so. That's going to be a theme for a little bit for next year. We're going to try a lot of new stuff with fields and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's move on to the Nomsoft season review. We train young men to drop fire on people. But their commanders won't allow them to write fuck on their airplane because it's obscene. Yeah, we were supposed to have CJ Sen and That's Mike Ferrucci on this podcast to talk about this, but they have lives and they weren't to go do other things. But well, if you think about it, CJ Sen has a life. Yeah, well, he's on his honeymoon, so he's he's got a, he's got a good excuse. Uh, but it would be, it would have been way more confusing to have CJ Pelosi, CJ Sen, Mike Ferrucci, Mike O'Donnell all on the same podcast. Like, yeah, we just need another Liam. Yeah, I know. The, the fuck it. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Doppelganger uh, podcast. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about the Namsoft season review. This is really going to be a discussion between Mike and I. CGA, you've been there from ground zero, um, at least for Anchor and Star. You were at the first Anchor and Star as a villager. So chime in how you, you know however you want. Um, and we'll talk about what you're going to do for this. Uh, I'm sorry, for 2020 anyway. So, I mean, your, your opinion matters. Um, so, Mike, let's. How did this year fare compared to previous years? Was it better than last year? The season overall. So, talk about all the events we did. Well, I can't. I can't entirely decide because I missed you Indian missed, country because I was yeah. in Ireland. Yeah. Um, I heard people had a good time. I saw photos. Looked, looked yeah. fun. It sounded like you guys had a good time as as uh, Viet Cong. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't there, so. Um, it was a different energy this year, I think, overall for the season. It was a really different, like, vibe out. Even at Doxiang, it was different. Yeah, like, it was it, different. I'll, yeah. Um, I I really, my, my personal opinion was, I think, last year's events were better run, or they, mm-hmm. they ran better. Yeah. But I had better moments this year. Yeah, I could, I could see that. You know what I mean? Like, I had, like, a few of them, like, uh, a lot of, Doxiang, to me... I don't think it was like the greatest Nomsoft event I've run or been a part of. No, but it was fun. I had a lot of good moments. I had like 
you know, waiting on the, the ambush and seeing the MVA walk by us like 10 feet away. Um, just little stuff like that. Just little stuff like that, I think, like, I, I felt gave me better moments this year. Yeah. Um, now, Liam, like, to pick your brains about that, since, since I wasn't really around for this season um, at the fields, so I was still talking with everybody, helping with the pre-production as right. much as I could, right. talking with, like, the uh, after-action reports. What do you think really nails down why it was different? Um, was it a little less hands-on for the management aspect? Like, you're trying to, like, not try to control the mission so much. Things kind of developed a little more organically this time. They gave everyone a bit more of an immersive feel. Like, what do you really think that caused the big difference with this time around, the Namsoft uh, games? That's tough. I, I for, for me, it's a vibe. It's like a vibe. Of the Like, you're going into a season with a completely different kind of, like, I mean, like, I'm such, like, a hippie woo-woo fucking spiritual, like, weirdo that, like, 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 like going into a season with, with vibes matters. And, and for me, like, uh, for me personally this year, like, there, I, I, like, I had so much going on that I, I didn't feel like I was really, like, like MacArthur was coming until, like, a couple weeks beforehand. When yeah. normally in, like, February, I'm, like, chewing my leg off trying to get to nonsoft, like. Okay, I was... I was like that. I was like ready to fucking go in in Feb in February uh, this year. I was ready to go for MacArthur. Yeah. And I think what happened was the the three weeks leading up to MacArthur. I had my wedding, mm-hmm. and then I went to the Grand Canyon, and it just like I got all the planning done before that those things. And I guess it was like weird. I was there was like the mad rush to get ready wasn't there, so I wasn't like pumped and then um someone yelling in the background yeah is that you cj or is that me no somebody's kind of love queen Uh, we'll we'll leave it on there because it's just hilarious yeah yeah (laughs) um no so what else i think maybe like this is crazy i i I fucking hate queens man i'm gonna gonna have to edit this out I can't hear it. That's any guns out. Consolation. It's coming up on the mic. I'm trying to see what's going on. Some dude's There's like a fight going on outside. Yeah, Alright, hang on. I'm gonna stop this then. Yeah, I finished planning and getting all the paperwork done like a few weeks before because of, you know, going going away. Um, so the excitement might have been like spread out more where for Junction City it was our first event. And we were trying to get everybody up to par with the, the standards that we wanted. And we just assumed that MacArthur was already going to be there, I guess. Like, we, I mean, is it, a, is it like, I don't think we got complacent, but I think everyone kind of like, we assumed everyone knew the deal. Yeah. And we, we had a lot of kickback in the, um, the platoon chats for the GIs that, some people weren't ready for that, and we, you know, we fixed them. But it was like players were already doing it because they were at Junction City. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It was weird. It, it was weird. And I was just saying before, Junction, Junction City was great. It was probably the best nom event we've we've done, had yeah. gone to. Anybody said it, everyone says it. I think MacArthur though was a better run event though. O- yeah. Overall, was- if you're looking from a producer standpoint, it just. Like Mike saying, like the, the structure was better. Yes, but like it didn't have the same. I don't know what it is. We got the feeling, man. We're, we're, find we're chasing the dragon. I know. We're chasing I know. the dragon. I know. We'll find it though. We'll find it for twenty. Yeah, we'll get it on the next one, man. Yeah, um, it's a even, it's a growing. Even, it kind of sounds like you guys are almost putting yourselves down for the way that the event happened. I think with Junction City, it was so fresh, so new. We had our nerves there, and we were so like nitpicky with all the little details that we forced it to happen and people really enjoyed the event yeah. um, not to detract from that and they had definite moments that they came out talking about and for weeks after that event there were those little moments but with the way MacArthur kind of rolled through the players already knew what was expected of them for the most part we had an excellent staff in, in the necessary positions to kind of keep the immersion go and keep the ball rolling that it wasn't just moments that everyone's remembering they remember the event and that I think is the bottom line it's not just oh this was a great ambush that was set up it was this was awesome MacArthur yeah. was awesome and and people like- are just talking about the event as a whole 
the fe- yeah the feedback from McCarth like we yeah like, I'm, I'm not even saying it was bad or or it was a disappointment no it was great everyone thought it was great it's just this is from our like point of view and I think it really comes down to Junction City was new yeah and MacArthur really was the same as Junction City in terms of like what was planned what was put into it it feels like a like a sophomore slump to us like but like, yeah because both me and you said the same thing we said it on the podcast is like I I feel like I don't even have a handle on how people. Like really, like felt at the event. I know we both came out like feeling weird about it. But I, th- I really think it was it was a great success. We had more people. Yeah, more people said they're coming back. Yep. People who didn't go this year but went to Junction City. That was great. So many new faces. Was yes, awesome. Yeah. No, no, I'm telling. And they they all stepped up. Got the they got the right gear. Even guys who were like they're like oh I've been playing for five years but they had like some nonsense gear. They got it together. They got they got it together and met our standards, and they they said it was the best. Some of them were like, "Yo, oh, this is the best event they've ever gone to," or you know, like, let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, um, it was just different. It, that's it was a different experience. It was not a, not a bad thing. I still think um, the event was a great success, uh, and I th- Coach's Green is going to be bigger. It, yeah, it's going to be bigger. I feel like we're we're really gonna fucking hit it, nail on the head. You know, and we kind of have down like, like setting up the base, um, the the event flow. We we have a what better. We don't idea. have down is breaking down the I base. I don't want to get into boys. that. Fuck. Jesus <laughs> Christ! I know. I didn't want to get into that. <laughs> but um, well, but we do because we took lessons and le- learned them, and yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll apply them next year. So okay, all right, Mike. High and low of the overall season. So forget. High and low of MacArthur. High and low of the overall season. Well. It's tough, I know. Yeah, it's really tough. Alright, I'll... Yeah, you start, please. I'll start, alright. So my... I'll go with my low first. Okay. My low really was the two NAM events uh, getting cancelled. That, you know, it was... um, Southern Front's uh, event and Akron Stars tent in the spring. Yeah, I actually oh. was. I was really looking forward to. I was tent looking forward got to the Marine those. kit, and I really want to use it. Yes, so. I was looking forward to those. Um, I guess that's really iterates our point of you. You guys need to register if you plan on going. You need to register, and honestly, I, Mike and I are guilty of the Southern Front event. Um, not registering. Not registering. Yeah, definitely. Because like, like we had our. Stuff I was out. a. Well, I didn't know. I. You know. I. I totally understand. Yeah. At the same time, like I didn't know if I was going to be able to go until I the know. last minute. Yeah, very I know. much. I know. Um, which and is hard on event planners. I'll be honest. So. I didn't even know what side I was going to be on until you were going or not. Because I was yeah, like, All right, yeah, if, yeah. if you weren't going, I was going to go in VA. If you were going, we were going to go as GIs. Yeah, like yeah. I had all my stuff laid out. It was like pissing Casey off. I was like, Casey, I got one more NAM event I got to go to. All my shit was still in the truck. I yeah. was like, I didn't even have to unpack anything. Yeah, no, I, I had it re- like I had what I needed ready to I go. I just would have smelled like fucking MacArthur when I got there. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Which I guess is good. Yeah. All this, you know, immersion. Immersion, dude. Immersion. Immersion. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's, that, uh, that's what really, like, sucks. Like, people got to sign up. You can't wait till the week before. Yeah. Um, and then the whole my, community for all the events, all yes. summer. Yes. Sign up for everything. Just yeah. as like a general rule for Airsoft, you should probably at least click that you're like going on the page, like something, man. Something. Like, so we can have you like know, an, a like a some sort of representation. Or give, of. give me like some line of like message me personally or Bay personally. Like give me some line of bullshit. Like hey, I'm signing up uh, next week when I get paid. You know, like yeah, like yeah, I have yeah. I actually keep a list like a track list of like who tells me what. So when I go when it's time to nag you to sign up the month before. Um, like I know, like I know your story. Like Sam Gregory, I'm sorry, Sam, I'm, if I'm calling you out, if you listen, um, he was in Africa, so he was he was not in America to sign up, which yeah. is fine. And I was like, I was like, no problem. He's like, I'll sign up when I get back. So he told me when he was getting back, and I was like, okay. I messaged him that week. He's like, yeah, I'm signing up right now, and he signed up. Like I, like I'm just that's legit. Yeah, I got like just tell me that it's yeah. good enough. I put him on the roster. I included him and in everything in the whole planning. And I knew he's a man of his word. I wasn't worried about him. Uh, he signed up. Uh, Shout out to Sam Gregory. Yeah. So high point, I would say, was definitely us um, 
being the LERP team at, uh, was it, um, Holiday in Cambodia. Oh, yeah. And the only, this is what I, this is what I want to say. You know what? I'm going to steal that too. Steal it, but I'll give you, my reason's probably different. Okay. My reason was because I just had to show up. I didn't have to do anything. Yeah, I just fair showed enough. up and I just showed up and and attended the event. It was great. Fair enough. And don't yeah. get me wrong, I love running the events. Like obviously that's why I do it. Yeah, I yeah, like, yeah. I like having my own way and what I think the event should be. Yeah. But it's nice to just show up and like enjoy myself. And oh, play. that's what that's what's made like Sunday gaming tolerable. I know. Where it's like all the fucking like modern yes. fucking bullshit yeah. and everybody thinks that they're a Navy SEAL even though they like jerk off in their mom's basement still. No, I love just showing up, but yeah. uh, I right, saw so highs and lows. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that um, despite all of the the crazy awesome things at MacArthur, uh, that was probably the, I miss doing recon stuff. That's always been my Vietnam bread and butter. Just doing the snowflake shit. Yeah, um, and uh, not to knock any of you actually that's a lie fuck you guys none of you guys can do recon <laughs> nobody nobody's good at it no. and so it's great to like actually get in the bush with some guys who actually know how to conduct themselves on a reconnaissance mission yeah um it's, it's and it's a lot of fun and we had some really cool like close shave moments some stealthy yeah. moments and we were really out there like we i mean we were covered in mud and water and dirt oh, after we, like it dude, was we just, yeah, yeah it was just the best yeah and I just I, I missed that so much. Me too. I I never get to do it. I always get pulled into some leadership role or admin role, and I can't I can't go out. But I just know like I have the mindset where I I'd rather hide than fight. Yeah. You know I mean like that's I'm simplifying it. But even when, when we were talking about it, I was like, yeah, well, guys, should we like go and help them like fight? And like then I just, like even like sit outside uh, sit out loud to myself. I was like, I'm better at like. This and fighting. I'm not even that great of a fighter anymore. Like, I don't really fight that much in there. Yeah, so yeah. I really am either in command or I'm sneaking around with you guys, you know, so. The sneaky shit is my favorite. Yeah. It's always been my favorite. And, dude, we had, like, a dream team. It was you, CJ, me. Like, that's, that's a great fucking LERP team right there, man. Yeah, yeah. So... All we need is just fucking Wes and Penn. And Ugh, Jude, is, Jude is a good drag man. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So... I know. So... We're hoping, uh, hint, hint to uh, Anchor and Star that we can be the LERP team for Anchor and Star's uh, Indian Country next year. Psst, hey, let us LERP. Yes. So, we did. he did say we did a good job at uh, Indian Country the previous year. Mm-hmm. When we were the SOG team. Uh, when we were calling in the uh, uh, that fight, we were like basically giving a play-by-play of the, the battle between... The yeah. and the NBA. So. Me and West did the same thing at Wild West. Uh, I know. Two years ago. I know. I, I remember sending you guys out, and I was like, yeah. "No, I leave them alone. Let let them do their thing." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we were we were like sat in the bush outside of a village, just like that dude went into that building, like right up, and they're like, yeah. "Jesus Christ!" Like, it's like real time. Uh, yeah. Real time I'm like, no, I'll just tell you where they are, man. So that was your high. What was your low? Um, probably missing Indian country. Yeah. Um, you had a, you, you, I mean, I was on a cool trip. I was I in know. Ireland, so yeah. I'm not complaining. But like, I, I hate when I miss stuff. I also was sad that tech got canceled. Yeah. Um, I know we were was, putting marine kits together. I, ha- I have the uh, whole thing, man. It's ready to go. I it All too. I need is like a couple law tubes to sling over my shoulder, and I'm, I'm golden. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And the and I need an inner tube band for my helmet. I mean, you could just go. I have band, one, but um, I have one for you. I actually will get one for you. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. my marine kit is on a, a little gear stand. Oh, is it right All now? Because right. I needed some place to put the flak jacket. I was like, I can't just like, it's got to do something with it. Like, yeah. All right. If anybody uh, is listening to this, and Mike didn't get it, remind me. You heard this. You heard it here. I have a band for him. It's true. Also, listeners, please remind me for once in my fucking life. I swear to God, Liam, your gloves are on my front glass table so I can bring them to you. Bro, I bought they, replacements already. <laughs> I, I want to give them to you so bad. And I see I, this guy. Like, I try so hard and I forget every fucking well, time. Let's, let's break this down. I see you probably three times a month at least. Yes. Non-airsoft. Yeah. Then I see him playing airsoft maybe once or twice a month. Yeah. So that's like five times a month I see him. Right. Where he can give me these gloves. Yeah. Definitely twice. Yeah. Where he can bring the shit, these gloves with his. They're on my front glass. Yeah. I will have 
somebody send a picture right I've now. already bought replacements. Well, so. then you'll have two pairs. That's fine. Like, I, That's fine. I'll buy your... Repl- I'm so sorry. It's all good. <laughs> Don't worry about your it. fucking claws. It's all good. <laughs> Seriously. All right. So, do, how do you think 2020 will be based on this year? Um, going into that, we'll talk about that a little more in January when we, you know, with the new year, new season kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you... Th- I mean, you like you only can assume that it's going to improve. Um, I th- I think it'll be a bigger year for Bay in, in you know in general with ourselves. We plan on running three events. Uh, I really want to. I guess I'm being ambitious with Coach's Green. I want to add a few more elements uh, that I've always wanted. It, the plan was always to add these elements. Now we kind of establish ourselves with Junction City and MacArthur. We can do with Coachy's Green, um, but yeah, like your opinion. Do you think it'll improve, stay the same? Um, I know a lot of other groups are doing events too, so um, I don't in know. terms of the number of events or both. I mean, quality and number. Um, I think I think next year is definitely going to improve. I know I have plans to like bring more stuff to the table. Yeah, um, like immersive kind of things and. I know that we're, you know, we're constantly learning and growing. So, I yeah. think next year is really going to be like a, a hit our stride year because we had our opening year and then we had like this is uh, you know like MacArthur was just a year where we're we're figuring more stuff out. We're getting into the groove and I think next year we're really going to be able to introduce more to the game itself without um, it being like because we because like you had a lot of like the am- ammunition stuff. Yeah. Like the, the ammunition transfer things, like you yeah. had that plan for this year. Then we kind of figured it would be like too much of a stress on the entire right. game, which it 100% would have been. Would have been. Uh, but I feel like so, like next year is a year where we have our groove and we're going to be able to experiment a little more. Yeah. yeah. Someone blowing their nose. Um, so yeah, we have the three events coming up. We have, the, we have a smaller one day, probably in May. Um, it's going to center around a, a grunt patrol in the same region that Operation Cochise Green would be taking place. We don't have a feel for that yet. I mean, I'm not going to uh, release dates and venues for smaller events until the new year. Um, I know the Battle of Calm Duck is a Mike Force event. We're probably going to do that at GZA uh, sometime in June. And then, obviously, Operation Cochise Green... We just confirmed that it is going to be at Tolcom. If anybody was assuming that it wasn't, it's always, it was always going to be at Tolcom. It was just confirming the dates. They're good with that. Um, we're going to really go for the Thursday as like a soft start. And then Friday. Have to. Yeah, and then Friday have to. is the official start. Um, we'll be up there as early as Wednesday. I know a few guys all the way from Minnesota are talk, uh, talking about coming out um so we should have a a group just from there they run their own event and they're looking forward to coming all the way across from the midwest to the east coast to join us which would be fucking awesome it'd be really cool uh i'm gonna say this every time every podcast on every forum on everything from now until the week before coaches green next year the dates are up Take the time off now or whenever you need to or whatever you need to do. This is like one of, I mean, it's all something that we look forward to every year. So I, I don't personally see an excuse to, to not put in the time or, you know, like take it, take an extra day or two off. Use your sick days. Do something Yeah. like come Thursday, come early. Yeah. I mean, at minimum, all you need to do is take off one day. Yeah, literally. You need to just, take, just like, Friday, Friday. You got it. And it really, it really hurts us if you come late. I know we had we're think about it, we were stepping out on that one patrol and like five guys showed up. We yeah. have forty guys ready to go, and then like five guys show up and we're like, yeah. do we wait for them? Do we not? They're still scrambling and getting their shit together. Yeah, we definitely got to yeah. be hard line with yeah. some shit like, like that. We're stepping like, so off, it's like nope. We're stepping off at four o'clock. Nope. If you're not here, you're late. Like really, you hit like noon was the the hard. The hard time where the event starts, noon. Yeah. Uh, so, 
We'll touch more on that th- throughout the year. Take off that Friday. Take it off. But, yeah, take off that Friday. CJ, if you're healthy and work is good, you'll be there as the villager aspect, right? Yeah, man. So, yeah, we're, we're working on LARPers. This is a, um, a shout-out to anybody who knows uh, LARP groups or people interested in just acting out a role. Um, it would be great to have villagers... We have the uh, Civilian Incentive Program. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on the website. I'll post a link on this uh, podcast page also. But, um, you know, we're offering uh, all the swag that you get for the event and free tickets to future events. Or if you have no interest in playing any Airsoft, we have other incentives to give you. Um, but, yeah, it'd be really great to have it. Have it's also great for people who uh, are looking for immersion may not have the current cash flow to throw together. A right. And that's serious kit. And that's the thing. I don't want people to like have the assumption that they're just there to like sit around. No, we're going to be giving you it's almost like missions but like civilian it's like chores. Yeah. I mean like yeah. all right, you're going to go down to the pond to go pick up this welcome this, to the rice fields. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're like, you know, you're going to go down to the pond or the stream to pick up this this uh, basket of fish or whatever, just to have like moving parts around this world we're creating, you know, this Vietnamese countryside we're creating, like you'll have things to do. Like um, I know we listed a few of the roles, but you know, we're open. If you have something that you want to do, like, Hey, I want to, I want to sell bananas to the GIs. That, that's what I want my role to be. But we'll, we'll be cool with it. Sell bananas. We, you know, something we'll give you something to do. Like you'll have something to do. Um, CJ is the director in terms of uh, villagers and that kind of thing, so he'll keep everyone busy. I th- well, CJ, at um, the first Indian country, you had you were a whole bunch of different things, right? You were like the village elder, then you were a monk for a little bit. Oh, yeah. There was, oh gosh, this is a couple of years ago now before we really thought about what villagers were going to do, but there was so much going on. I don't think I really sat down unless I actually wanted to i was i was exhausted there was so much for just one person but i worked a lot of the behind the scenes placing props moving things around keeping the gis on their toes but when that stuff wasn't done and i had more interaction with other players and other characters right um i was the village elder so when the gis came into town they came looking for me and they wanted to talk with me and we did our best to have a language barrier and make make the gis work for any of the information but there's also times when i interacted with the vc or the nva I got to be a monk for a little while, and I was just chilling in my little tower and doing monk things, and the VC finally got through a patrol, snuck through them, and said, hey, you know, we're looking for some rice because we need to feed our people, and our uh, supply train didn't make it through last night. So I had to work with them and make them earn it because one of the things about being a villager, it's not just, hey, I'm here to placate everybody. you got to make them work for it. You know, right. The guys aren't just going to walk in and be like, hey, we have run of the town. Oh, they have to earn your trust. And it's a lot of work on the GI's parts, but it's really rewarding as part of the villagers. And just to add to that, if you're not sold on whether or not you want to play in the Namsoft events, but you have friends that do it or it just sounds interesting, the villager rules or some of the NPC rules we can offer is an excellent starting point. It's extremely low cost to get into. You don't have to buy all the expensive kit. You don't need guns and gear and webbing and all that jazz. You come in in very comfortable clothes, you mill around, you do your role, you get to see, you get to see the immersion aspect that all these people are coming to, to your Broken Arrow events for, and then you can make a decision whether or not you want to keep doing that, or if you know you had a good time, and just report back to us, you know what your thoughts and feelings are, and I think it's a great way to get new players involved as well, who are, aren't ready yet to take the jump into being a GI or BC NBA. Right. Yeah, we're going to touch a lot more on that next year. Um, so CJ will definitely get you back on the uh, podcast. Yeah, but buddy. this is yeah. CJ has been vital in past uh, events, even for the Ragnarok series where he was actually the first Fangs of Fenrir lead. And I just remember like, out of all the events I've run, he was near perfect with what he had to do for the role. The first, you know, that first Ragnarok at uh, Cobra One, he was like near perfect. 
So that was a good game. Yeah. I know it's kind of sidetracking, but we yeah. had the the Volkland guys, the Rufin guys going against each other, and all of a sudden this mysterious faction came out of nowhere and just started shooting up both sides. Yep. They were so confused, and just the way the players reacted to it was really what made it worth it for us that put us more into the roles being the Fangs at Fenrir. And yep. now that they're a dedicated out for, I think, you know, and I know we're talking about Namsoft here, but this this definitely relates that when we have these NPC roles or these dedicated out for roles, the people that are doing them really get involved in it and they really take it to heart. They don't just consider it a throwaway role that, yeah, whatever, I'm just going to be this for a little while. Like, they really embrace it and they try to make it as challenging for the players that are showing up for this event. And it's something that really stands us out differently from some of the other groups where it's just a pew-pew fest. Right. Right. I mean, I think we had one mission with villagers where we had to minister like immunizations and stuff like that. And, um, you know, the, the, uh, the villagers were not very cooperative in the beginning and the GIs had to kind of corral them and group them up like cattle to give them their shots so they don't get malaria. You know, so it's like stuff like that was, was pretty cool. And it really takes the players out of their comfort zones dealing with somebody who's like, no, I don't, I'm not going to let you prick me with this needle or, or, you know, give me some freedom or whatever, whatever the, you know, whatever the theme is. Um, you know, it, it really, and CJ, I know you, you were at this event with me was we're really trying to chase, as Mike said, that dragon of reality check from a years from a few years ago. I mean, CJ, you remember that. I know Mike, you've heard of it. At GCA, they had the event called Reality Check, where it was very NPC-based. I mean, you go into, like, the town, there's, like, little shops and people dressing like, like Africans or whatever. It was, like, it was, it, like, you just walk up and there's some guy, like, hey, what's up? And, you know, like, what's up with you? And the guy would be, like, fuck your mother. And you're, like, what the fuck? And you get pissed <laughs> off. Like, my brother, uh, Sean, came and some guy told him to, sh- to fuck his mother. So Sean handcuffed the, the guy to a tree and left him. Huh? Like, like just like wacky stuff like that. It was like, like you know, like you know, like that. Like obviously, like we wouldn't do that for Nam, but like that, just like that kind of interaction, we wanted. Dude, the whole village. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He would, dude. He wanted to like kill him. I was like, no, don't kill him. We lose points. You know, just he's like, all right, I'll handcuff him to the tree. And he's like handcuffed him to a tree, and the guy was cursing us out as we walked away. You know, like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Mark Herman actually was an NPC for that. Oh really? Yeah, he was. We captured him, and he was throwing uh, goldfish. At us and shit. Like, you know, uh, the goldfish crackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Sean shot him in the ass with his pistol. Sean was kind of like the... He was kind of like Barnes. He was like Barnes of our, our group. Yeah. He's like, oh, you he know... he definitely was. Absolutely. I go, 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 VC! Yeah. You know, he was like... Just like... Uh, so we had the... Yeah. But I mean, he got into it. You know, like he like... And Sean was like a guy I wouldn't expect to like get into that. And he like really got into it. I mean, he got into it at MacArthur too. Like, he, Yeah, he was good. He was good. He was good. But um, that's the kind of stuff like... I want to create with obviously Nomsoft, but even eventually with uh, Ragnarok or two. So, I mean, we pretty much just started talking about in role players, which is fine. So it's a whole new section to talk about, you know. We're getting there, though. We're yeah. getting there. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget Reality Check. That was my first big Airsoft game. And then after being up for, you know, 30-something hours straight, we're only halfway through this game. Liam and I are escorting our CO down to the town for some negotiations. Yes. And it's just the two of us with our CO, the other faction's CO with two two security guys with them, and then this third faction out of nowhere team starts attacking the town. And yeah. in the middle of this, a villager comes up to us and says, listen, I found something that looks like a bomb. So here Lim and I are trying to defuse this bomb while yep. we're under attack by unknown people who have the other, our actual enemies right near the side of us, like... We're side-eyeing them. We're trying to fuse this bomb. And it was just utter chaos and hectic, but it was just so enjoyable. So we picked apart this bomb and tried to figure out how to defuse it. BBs are flying right over our heads. We're just trying to cover each other and it's this at the same time. And it was just something that I have yet to experience again. We're getting there. We're getting close to the Broken Arrow events, but any other producers that I've been to, it's just haven't haven't had that kind of immersion, that no. kind of a event yet. No, yeah, agreed. Like, it's... I really have been trying to chase that for as long as I could. I think we've come close with Junction City, and and honestly, honestly, MacArthur too has come close to that. So, all right, well, 
Well, these are all topics that we're going to talk about in the future. I want to talk to CJ about Armored Griffin. So, CJ, do me a favor and tell me what, well, tell the listeners what Armored Griffin exactly is. All right, guys and gals. Armored Griffin's my little company that I started a few years ago. It's, it's been growing a little ever since. It's mostly a leather accessory company, whether it's like wallets or belts, pouches, what have you. But it's really grown more into like props and costumes and costume accessories. I do mostly custom work, but I started my own Etsy a little while ago. You can check that out at uh, armoredgriffin.etsy.com. Right now, we're selling the Broken Arrow tourniquets there, and I'm selling a few leather goods there that I'm definitely going to be growing. But with Armored Griffin, I've been making a lot of props and stuff for behind the scenes at Broken Arrow. Almost every single tourniquet that you'll see at the events is something that I made personally that Liam and I have been working together for years. And to talk about the tourniquets a little more, uh, Liam and I have never been really happy with what's out there as far as bandages a lot of times just strip a cloth or an ace bandage a cut in half it's been unwieldy didn't really look right so we went through a few iterations and finally settled on a comfortable design for the current version of the the tourniquets and they look really good they look very similar to what you would use in real life except for as i have the windlass and you're not going to actually cut off circulation to your arm with it but as become an integral part in a lot of our events that players love it. It's easy to use, and they've been grabbing them. Um, they sell like hotcakes at the game, so definitely go to the website, either my Etsy, or go to bayairsoft.com and check out not only the events, which you should be already signing up for, but check out the shop and grab some tourniquets. Yeah, we can't keep those tourniquets in stock at events. They sell out like crazy. So... Um, yeah, we got We're working out uh, a way to sell them on both Etsy and the uh, Bay website. We kind of figured out a way, so those will be live by the time you listen to this episode. Um, so yeah, CJ's made a lot of stuff for me, uh, from knife sheaths to pouches. He just made me the uh, Bay. Oh, it's a, it's a. I guess it's, it's, you call it an axe sheath. I don't know. It's like yeah, an axe. It, it's like it's an axe. It's a leather axe sheath. It's yeah. very similar for the um, the Vietnam tomahawk. I made yeah. a, a custom leather sheath that was pretty much one to one with what was originally handed out with the the tomahawks. But I added a little a little bay flare and added some Alice clips so that he could attach it to his to his webbing. Yep. Yep. So. A lot of the custom leather work that you see on the bay guys or some of the uh, some of the Anchorage star guys like Todd. Um, yes. I either made it for them or I helped them with the, the product itself. Right. And future projects um, from Armored Griffin, a.k.a. CJ, you're making a lot of traps for next year. Oh, yeah. You... I showed, uh, showed Liam some of the designs and some of the things I've been working on, but we really want to give a few more surprise elements into the hands of the VC and things that the GIs might not exactly expect coming from a, a small event producer like ourselves, but it's definitely going to be a game changer. Yeah. All the different traps and stuff, it's trying to make them as realistic as possible, what you would, what the, uh, the Armed Forces actually reported upon and took pictures of, taking those pictures and trying right. to make them into a safe version that's LARP-friendly for us and so we can get them out into the field. And one of the running themes at Operation, during the real Operation Koji's Green was that the patrols and the GIs were running into a lot of booby traps. And it was a pacification mission. So they were getting pissed off because they're like, these fucking villagers know about these booby traps and they're not telling us. So it was really, it was kind of like the turning point in the war where a lot of the, the you know, the popularity with the GIs in, around, around 68 started to turn uh, with the locals because they started taking out them finding booby traps on the town's people. Um, it's just something you know I'm saying. It's just something to keep in mind. I want people to start thinking about what they're going to come across at Opera Operation Koji's Green. So prepare for a lot of the traps from Chris Johnson and other booby traps from CJ. So we're going to be coming. Hopefully, we're going to be coming across a lot of shit yeah. next year. We need more firepower too. Yeah, we need a lot more firepower. Yeah. Hopefully, if everything goes according to plan over the winter and into the spring, the three of us will be able to sit down, make a little quote-unquote training videos for the GIs to watch. How to, like, disarm yeah. uh, disarm traps yeah. and stuff? Yeah. What we to do when you walk up to a punchy trap and 
We have Bay TV. Uh, Mike's looking for content. We, so. we do. I'm working. God, I got to finish that fucking video, man. Yeah. I got to finish that video. That, it's so close. It's yeah. hard. It's really hard to edit yeah. airsoft footage mm-hmm. in like a non-generic, stupid way. I know. I'm trying yeah. the best I can. We're almost there. And then uh, we are. We will release. Um, we should release the podcasts on the the actual page. So you have the audio oh, yeah. of the podcast. We can do that. We'll do and that. At least yeah. they're archived somewhere else, like, yeah. you know, just not on the... On, the, on Spotify and the site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will. We will. I'll, this this uh, one, we'll try. We'll yeah. try doing it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, anything else about Armored Griffin, CJ? Like, I know it's most mostly leather, but you're starting to get into prop making and stuff like that, too. Yeah, I'm starting to get more into some of the props, and I really want to focus on the LARP aspect, you know, a lot of times you, can, you see a really cool um, axe or tomahawk or like the CISO bolo, that Vietnam machete, that is right. pretty rare, right. but, you know, you want to bring it to the game, but you only have a real steel version, well, I want to be able to make something that's going to be functional and use, use in-game that you're not going to actually kill somebody with, so right. stay tuned to some of the social media, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook, I've been posting pictures there, things as I'm building them. And then hopefully we can get these in the hands of the players and test them out and see how it goes. Those and miniature uh, flak vests for Rufio. Yeah, Rufio needs his own flak vest because it's dangerous out there. Yep. Mm-hmm. You never know. So yeah, he's going to get his own uh, M55 uh, flak vest or something. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. But no, not not even fucking around. Uh, you definitely got to make him a collar. I need a bay, I need a bay collar for Rufio. That would be sweet. Oh hell yeah! Made from I'll get the, him a yeah, from like made from the same material as the uh, tourniquet would be kind of fucking sweet. I play that line around. Yeah, I need a sog bowler. I know. I know. We were talking about that uh, last night. I was talking to CJ. Yeah. Because he uh, CJ said needs yeah, one, right. and you need one. I think he had it on his list. Yeah. He's, he CJ CJ's good. I know. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm talking to CJ up right now. He's good. He actually has a list of all of our requests that we talk about. Like, we may be talking about it in passing in our heads. Uh-huh. He's writing it down, and he's, like, making time to make it. Oh. He's, he's Actually, the more pressing thing for me would be um, uh, the Mel Gear 5 knife. CJ, if I, uh, could, we, could we get that together for, for Steel Cog? Is that a possibility? Mm-hmm. That's about... Definitely sidetracking, but send over some pictures and references to what you want made and how you want it made. It. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that right now while we're doing this. You got a month and a half. Oh, I got plenty of time. Beautiful. Now that we're off track, let's move on to the next section. Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. Questions from the listeners. This is a new thing we added, where people who listen can add in topics or ask us questions that we discuss. Um, over the podcast, this one's from Mark S. His, his comment slash question is, as you discussed on the last podcast, possibly having female medics on the fire base to add to the event. Are there any plans to add medic reporters or other roles for next year's events? So this year we actually had the stars and stripes reporter, um, he uh, took video the entire weekend. Now, if people didn't notice him, that's fucking awesome. Because then he just blended in with the rest of the, the crowd. You know, wearing green and all that. Um, we are planning to obviously have a lot more... Uh, females. Females. But I was, I was really going with uh, LARP types. Uh, role player types. For the villagers. But, yeah, we're... Um, as far as I know, Annie is still interested in being a Donut Dolly. We actually have a Donut Dolly dress now, so she's she's really set to go as long as she has the opening. Um, Mike's working on females for other things. Top secret stuff, can't get into. Uh, but the most important thing that I want to talk about and answer Mark's question is, we really want a dedicated reporter. We, we, you know, um, someone who's just there to take pictures. We really need someone for that. So if you know anybody, um, let us know. 
Ted Colgrove, I know he, I don't even think he listens to this podcast, but if he does, Ted, we're calling you out. We really would love to have you to come up, uh, contact us. We'll, uh, we'll figure something out. But yeah, uh, Mark, yeah, we're, we're definitely looking for it. Um, the, the Donut Dolly aspect or the nurses, they're, they're going to add to the event. They'll have a role to play. Um, so it's not going to be you just sitting around doing nothing. You'll have something to do. Uh, so we would love to have anybody interested who doesn't want to come and shoot airsoft weapons. They can come and hang out at the tent, you know, at, at the, the first aid tent or the Red Cross tent and contribute to the event just like a player would be. So um, anybody, I mean, reenactors, a lot of the reenactors like just, they just like to set up um, displays. If someone has a display they want to set up and they're not necessarily interested in going out into the field, they're more than welcome to come. Uh, same goes for vehicles and that kind of thing. Um, you know, to add to this too, if for those who are listening, if you know anybody who's into theater or into going to school for like film or acting or whatever, this isn't just a, a game that you run around and you just go, hey, this is my role, this is what I'm doing. But this is excellent improv practice because there's so many things that just happen naturally that you have to react to in a character that it would definitely help you whether you're on stage or in front of a camera practicing your acting. You just There's more than just running around with BB Gun going pew pew. There's so many more aspects to these games that just reach out to us and ask because there's plenty yes. of roles that people can really get into that can enhance what you do outside of the game and the events. Yeah, actually, Ken mentioned that he's like, yeah, I was I was reaching out to actors if they wanted to have improv practice. Um, yeah, that's, that's essentially what it is. That's essentially what it is. Yes, so we would love to have anybody interested. I mean, even if they want to be a pogue or a remf, mm-hmm. you know, we have we need someone. Unbased who, community guys is cool. Yeah, we actually would love to have PX, someone. PX, a bartender, like, you know, yeah. like. We love to have like someone that. man the bamboo viper the entire time and kind of keep it. Like I wish I could. Like, I wish, running, that, yeah. I wish that could be me, but I gotta do other No, shit. you got other stuff. Yeah. But no, having someone, like, basically run the, the bamboo viper would be awesome. As it happens, my current duties keep me where I'm supposed to be in the rear with the gear. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that would um, that would be awesome, Mark. If you're asking us if your girlfriend is welcome to come and attend the event, she's more got to come correct though. She's got to come correct, which I think you, Mark S. I know you would come correct, so I'm not worried about you. But yeah, if that's what you're asking, nurses yes, she, uniforms, she baby. Yeah, nurses uniforms are really easy. You can actually get um, OG 106 if you can't find the at. The actual nurse's uniform. There is a nurse's uniform that has, actually has like pockets on the side, on the show. I'm sorry, on the sleeve and that kind of stuff. If you can't find those, you can re- literally wear the the OG 106 uniforms, which mm-hmm. are like the early war uniforms. You can wear those as a nurse and flag jackets and helmets for like the under attack shit. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, uh, there's probably a style of lab coat that you can also get, uh, like a you know a nurse's overcoat, something like that to wear over your uniform. Uh, but yeah, talk to us. I mean, if you're any like, don't be shy. Obviously, you know us, but don't be shy. Like, if you have an idea, come across. We'll we'll either work it out, or if it doesn't work, we'll tell you. I mean, that's the worst case scenario. More than likely, we're all about it. If you're like, hey, I want to come in as a as a helicopter pilot. Like, all right, we'll we'll figure something out. I mean, I won't promise you much, but you know, we'll figure something out. Like, I mean, that's just a, an example. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you want to come as a nurse or as a donut dolly, so I did some research based on my last um, interview with Annie. There's a difference between a nurse and a donut dolly. A donut dolly is a volunteer for the Red Cross. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are trained nurses or have been trained in basic first aid, mm-hmm. but they are actually there for like morale purposes. You know, they're they're called donut dollies because they used to um, provide. Donuts and coffee for GIs all the way back from like World War One and World War Two, mm-hmm. uh, but they're really Red Cross volunteers. Um, 
a lot of different uniforms. I actually was researching uniforms because I was like, all right, let me see how these how much these uniforms cost. I actually saw one for like forty bucks and I bought it. I seen them going for a hundred, so I was like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm gonna jump on this. But there's different types of uniforms based on different years. Like early in the 50s to the 60s, they had one uniform. And then like towards the late 60s and 70s, they had a different uniform. And then the 80s, it's like totally different. They actually bless you. Okay. So, there's, yeah, there's all different types of uniforms. Uh, but, yeah, let me, you know, if you have someone who's interested in being a Donut Dolly, I guess I've done enough research where I can like kind of guide people to get the right stuff for it now at this point. I hope that answers that. What's up? Uh, add real quick to the to the ladies coming into airsoft. You know, yeah, airsoft's a bit of a sausage fest. It's definitely a very male dominated scene right now. Yeah. But just do a quick little quick little Google foo. And there's so many more women jumping into the airsoft scene that it's definitely the numbers are not as skewed as they used to be. And even just as a quick example, if you look up Unicorn Leah, um, she actually leads one of the factions out west. Some of the one of the largest games, the airsoft games that happen in the states, and she is the commander in charge, and she has other women underneath her that are in charge. So there's definitely a place for women in airsoft. It's not, hey, you're going to be pigeonholed to do one thing. Like you want to come correct for Vietnam and play the roles that happen in Vietnam, but in airsoft as a whole, there's so many more things that you can do, not just be you know pigeonholed into one little one little aspect. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's what, yeah, we're not trying to say, like, yo, you can't shoot your gun because you're a woman or anything like that. Like, we're not getting into that. We're just saying, like, in the 60s, in Vietnam. That's what was happening. You were, you were. Everything, everything yeah. else that we do, like, you're, yeah. you you can do literally yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. Vietnam is the only thing where everything has its place. Right. And honestly, there, there have been women who went to Vietnam events and fought for the NBA and yeah you know, in fact at one yeah if you want if you want to go yeah. like shoot your gun as a woman at the Vietnam event go fight for the NBA make a yeah. fucking uh, female fighter battalion yeah like that's that's the reality yeah. of that like mercy she's a leader at one of the other events yeah and she's she's badass she run, you know super badass yeah. she's taught me a few things about NBA uh, tactics and stuff like that mm-hmm so so yeah, Mark. Hopefully that answers your question. But yeah, we are planning on it. If you're interested or your girlfriend's interested in coming down, let us know. We'll work something out with her and help her out. Uh, it yeah. It, we're like I said, we we're trying to grow the Nam event where we have a a base. There's stuff going on at the base when we're not even there. So that would be really cool. Steelcock 3 will, yeah. will get discussed next uh, episode, November. November 9th, Wrath of the Skull, Ragnarok 2 at Soft Air, New Jersey. Then on November 30th, Steelcock 3, Daughters of Repression, which was formerly called Fallen Petal. Mm-hmm. That's going to be at Zulu 24. Then the last event of the year is um, December 14th, Operation Watch on the Rhine, which is a World War II event at GZA. We've actually got a few Germans signed up for that one already, which I'm pretty excited about. Sweet. Yeah. So a lot of events in a month's time, but we're ending the year with a bang. We took off September and October. We didn't run anything. So like, hey, might as well do it. Might as well do some events. I honestly... People always are like, Liam, aren't you going to run yourself ragged running all these events? I'm like, dude, I ran, I think I ran 11 to 12 events this year. And yeah, at times it gets um, overwhelming and stuff like that. But I enjoy doing it. So uh, it's not like work to me. I mean, I enjoy it. I, I do it. wholly enjoy running events. Um, there definitely is a Sunday. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, there's definitely a Sunday or two where you wake up though, and you're like, oh, oh 100, bro. <laughs> no, you know what it is? It's, it's um, it's when I when I show up and everyone's like, like at a Fallen Pedal Two when people are like showing up with like green and tan uniforms where it clearly said, oh, yeah. no, I'm sorry, they were wearing green and tan uniforms but wanted to be on the same team when it's clearly said, 
this is a green versus tan game. Like this. Yeah. Like why yeah, show? Yeah. yeah. Like shit like that. Like that. Like what, plaid or some shit. It, like, it grinds like, on you. Like I like you know I I see other. Um, like I don't understand how you could be that retarded. Like I, I, don't, I, I don't I don't know how but, you could be that fucking dumb. Is, but. I see other um, producers and they're kind of like dicks, and I understand why they're dicks. Yeah. You know, like yeah, we try so hard not to I, be. We should be sometimes. I, 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 though. I might talk like, a lot. We yeah. probably might. We might be seen as dicks in some to, to some people. Well, I really try to like some people be helpful. Who, yeah, I should be. You should fucking get your shit together. But I we we actually can just we can talk about this because anybody who listens to this podcast is not they're not the people we're talking about. Yeah, usually, people, yeah, yeah. It's the people who don't read shit. Yeah, that really um, pissed me off. Cause like I'm taking the time to, to write all this out for you, and you can't take. It probably takes me half an hour to an hour to write something legible and makes sense and clear. It takes you thirty seconds with to proper read. punctuation. Yeah, and you don't even do it. I know they don't even do it. They don't even read it. Not in all caps. Oh, uh, the caps. Yeah, yeah. Oh, forget it. Forget it. We know who you're talking about. Yeah. Cope yeah. <laughs> Shit. All right, guys. That's a, that's a wrap for us. That's a great episode. Listeners, thanks for listening. We're going to discuss next uh, podcast, the Steel Cog 3 coming up at Zulu. And we released a survey about our Vietnam event this year and how to improve for next year. We'll talk about the results and stuff like that for next episode. So we'll have a lot to talk about next episode. Mm-hmm. We should do a Clapton or Jimmy poll. Yeah? Yeah. Clapton or Jimmy, man. <laughs> Clapton, yeah. Yeah. Who do you think? That's tough. Who would you pick? Jimmy all the way. I, knew, I would say Jimmy, too. Yeah. All right. We'll let you guys think about that. We'll discuss it next episode. Take care, guys. Take care, guys.